and welcome back rugby fans one more time here with your team from the rugby rant podcast show for the next installment of our run pass or kick interviews my name is ty brogger your host for today's activities alongside the familiar face and voice of rob the hammer hammer schmidt but more importantly we welcome the director of rugby from the city of glendale in colorado at infinity park mr mark bullock mark welcome to the show my friend Thank you very much, Ty. And Rob, thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to having a chat with y'all. Excellent stuff. Well, as you know, we're here to be able to talk about rugby. And when it comes to rugby, you've got an interesting and a long history with it that we're going to dive into through the course of this interview. But just a few of the highlights. This man uh, has been, if you don't know, a part of rugby I've pretty much all of your adult life, right? Uh, although you started out with football in Montana, so somewhat of a, a, a crossover or give leave that as a, as a lingering hint for some of the questions to come. But, uh, it, you know, you've got a history with USA Rugby, with uh, the Raptors, uh, with now more recently the XO. And we're going to, again, share this and more through the course of this interview. But first, to be able to remind our viewers how it works, I hand it back to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt. Thank you, Ty. And again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have somebody like yourself on to talk a bit about a very important program in the rugby landscape in the United States. And for those who are uninitiated, folks that are just joining us for Run, Pass, or Kick, our interviews are unique in style and they work a little like this. We're going to pose about 14 or 15 questions to Mark. We're going to prompt each one of those questions with Run, Pass, or Kick. And of course, Mark, knowing what he knows about rugby is going to use his options well. And so if he tells us that he is going to run with a question, it is to say that he's going to go ahead and answer the question straight up. If he opts to pass the question, it's to suggest that maybe it's a hot topic and he might want to pass that one off, not answer it, get himself in trouble or anything. Or he can have a little fun with us, put us on the defensive, put us on the back foot, and he can kick a question. And that is to say that he is going to go ahead and have us answer in a way that we think he would answer. And um, he'll let us know who he wants to kick it to. And of course, we'll do our best to try to answer in his stead. And he can grade us out, tell us we were good, tell us we were shite. Uh, any good coach uh, will communicate that with players. And I'm sure Mark will have a little fun with us. So um, Ty, uh, let's get this party started. Sounds good. So uh, I believe, Rob, you can be the first one to uh, tackle that first question there. So dive in when you're ready, my friend. Okay, I'm ready. All right, Mark, here's your first question. Hope you're ready for the challenge. Uh, run, pass, or kick. You were a football athlete, as, as, as Ty mentioned, excuse me, um, and a basketball player as a young athlete uh, playing college football at the University of Montana. Run, pass, or kick, does this help you in working with crossover athletes like Vince Bauman, Tani Topo, and Trey Smalls? Um, I'll run with that. Correct? Right. So, um, actually, yes, it does. And in, in my background, actually, um, immediately uh, graduating college, I was a high school coach, um, coaching football, basketball, and track and field, actually. And I think um, – having obviously played those sports and participated in that uh, in high school and then um, playing football in college and then following that um, coaching uh, various sports. I think that's a huge advantage. I think the other advantage is the fact that I was a teacher. Um, and so as a science teacher and so forth, I'm in the classroom. 
Uh, and I think that assists tremendously in your coaching because coaching really is teaching. Yeah. And so regardless of the activity that you're coaching, it's really about teaching. Rob's going to love that. that. Man of my heart. Yeah. <laughs> In case you don't know, Rob is also a uh, teacher. Yep. Um, so obviously that rings uh, very true and close to home for, for him. So I wanted to be able to dive into some of the, uh, the other stuff. And here it goes. Run, pass, or kick. On the heels of the COVID-shortened 2020 season, Rugby Town and the city of Glendale pulled the Raptors out of Major League Rugby. In the fall of 2020, Rugby Town quickly turned around and initiated the XO crossover program. Was this program something that had been in the works for perhaps quite a while, uh, and it was just a wonderful opportunity to now bring it to fruition, uh, or was it organized after the Raptors' exit? That's an excellent excellent question and one that I'd love to run with. Um, First and foremost, the concept of, and I wouldn't say direct concept of the crossover um, academy. Um, this was something that occurred in the uh, 2020 World Cup when we were coaching under 19s, and we were uh, sharing accommodations with Scotland and the Scottish national team. And so, uh, obviously, as coaches do, we get together and we're having a chat about you know rugby, and they were going on about you know why we didn't do better why we didn't have better athletes, et cetera, et cetera. And we were attempting to explain to them that the, the best athletes were receiving scholarships to participate in football, basketball, ice hockey, whatever their sport of choice may be. And that were at that time, few, if any scholarships for rugby athletes and that rugby is a, a club sport and our best athletes went to other sports. And so the pool that we had, we were explaining, was much less than what they thought we had. So that was our idea back then. That was the discussion point. We've talked on and off about it. And in 2018, uh, going to Aspen, we put together, or I put together really, um, a crossover group. We went out and recruited, not as well as we recruit now, but we went out and recruited crossover athletes. So at that time, we got track and field uh, football, some basketball athletes, um, and some wrestlers. We brought them in for a week. We trained for a week. Then we went up to Aspen, uh, and we played in the Aspen Rugger Fest. We went two and two in that tournament again with guys hadn't played. Now that being said, we brought in a few key players that were in our, uh, under twenties Academy. And so they played in some of those key positions, such as nine and 10, which are obviously, key decision-making, and it's not something you just learn in a week. Um, and the players did quite well. And quite interestingly enough, in our second match up there, we played the Misfits, who had who knows how many test caps, Todd Clever and company, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And and we got beat 45-38. Um, so our, our athletes were able to put on points and so forth. And, and so we finished the tournament with winning our last two games. So that gave us a taste of what was possible. Um, and then that went on hiatus. We actually did it again in 219. Um, but it wasn't until the city decided to withdraw from major league rugby that we then were in a position to go, okay, let's look at this and how can we do this full time and actually go out and seriously recruit athletes. So the thought and the idea was about 20 years ago, it just took us a long time to get to that point. 
Yeah, it's something. probably worth waiting for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny, Mark, you know, you spoke of it earlier talking about, you know, some of these crossover athletes and we were, there was a bit of a debate on online about the very nature of, you know, where, where are the best athletes? And I, and, and the locks came up, right. And, and being a guy that got thrown in lock when I first started playing, um, you know, I, it's, it's like, where are the locks? And I said, well, the problem is, is the locks are playing basketball, right? That's I mean, right. You're six, 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 seven, six, eight. You're playing basketball. You're not. You're not. Your first sport is in rugby. So we, we got to. You're right. We got to tap into that into that market of of athlete. Well, Rob, you you hit it right on the head. And and that challenge is, and you hit it, is everybody's looking for the six foot six and taller guys, right? It's not just us. And what we're finding is the the basketball world has a lot of options after graduation. It's not just the NBA. There's a lot of Minor, what I call minor league teams, but professional teams overseas. So one of the players that we had in camp had played in Germany and in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and so they have opportunities if they want to go on. And it's a little more difficult for us to to bring them into our camp. Um, and so it's just one of those challenges. But you're absolutely right. That's who we're looking for. And that's who, you know, in my book, everybody's looking for. Absolutely. Um, so for those fans, and this is where our next question comes from, that have not been following the crossover XO program, run pass or kick. Can you explain the philosophy behind this effort, you know, behind Rugby Town's effort and the crossover program? Um, I will run with that. <laughs> Heck yes. You're going to be running. I'd love to explain what it is, you know, what we're attempting to do. Um, number one, we, we've operated on the concept that, um, Again, our, our best athletes get scholarships. I play university sports. And we also operate in the observation that over the years, some of our best players in the U.S. national team have been, in fact, crossover athletes. Luke Gross, who's on our staff, is a perfect example of somebody who is a graduate student after playing at Marshall University, playing basketball, invited to come out and play rugby, just like myself, and was invited to play, picked up the sport within a year. He's made the U.S. team. And then he got us uh, a contract with the Harlequins in Europe. And we went to the Harlequins. Of course, he was um, didn't have a lot of knowledge of the game. He's only been playing for 12 months. And they basically said, okay, this is the box that we want you to be in so that we'll develop you, and these are the things you do. And he brought to the game – some of those key things that you develop in university sports, which is grit, hard work, perseverance, uh, et cetera. And, and, and then he had athleticism to boot. Um, so he made that into a 12 year career. And so there are plenty of examples of that. Dave Hodges, Dan Lyle, et cetera. Um, and so looking at those guys, it's like they're out there. Nobody's ever, at least that we're aware of, is basically made an effort to actively recruit on whole scale measure. And so our idea was if we can actively recruit and get top quality athletes. Now the challenge is to get them to go, Oh yeah, I want to come and play rugby. I'm 22 years old and I've been playing football or wrestling forever and uh, to bring them in. But our concept is if we can get them here, then our job is to upskill them and to facilitate their growth and development. And so that's really what, you know, our plan is. Now the challenge is, as you know, you're talking about six foot seven guys, our challenge is recruiting. So it comes down to 
how do we find these athletes, you know, and that's the challenge. And then the other thing that we discovered after our first half season is it's all about recruiting. And then you ask yourself these questions. You look out at college football, you go, why is Alabama so good? Why is Clemson so good? Well, they have quality coaches for sure, but what they really have is quality athletes. They recruit the best athletes. So for us, it's learning how best to recruit. How do we get them in? And, and a big one is how do we convince them to come to us? Right. So that's our challenge. It's everybody's challenge, but, but we have the backing of the city to do this. So that's where we're going. You know, Mark, it's funny. You talk about that challenge and, and, and you hit it in the nail on the head just a moment ago when you said it's everybody's challenge. I, I think if there's a place where USA rugby could take a leap forward and not spend a lot of money, but get a lot of return on investment is if they really developed a, a model for, for youth athlete, uh, youth athletic, uh, you know, coaches, youth rugby coaches to, to begin to recruit those athletes at younger ages in middle school, in high school, so that, you know, rugby's not so foreign to them. You know, they may go off and play D1 football. Right. So rugby is an option earlier in their right. life. Well, I think you, you, you're, you're right about that. And, and, the, and again, the other challenge is if they're a really good athlete and they're playing rugby, they are probably playing some other sport in school. Right. And then what happens is some university goes, wow, you know, you're a 300 pound or 290 pound defensive lineman and you move quick and you do this and this. And then they come in and they go, we'll offer you a scholarship at the University of Colorado. And and then we lose them. Now, the big one is if we can get them involved in rugby at that early age, as you're referring to, and then they go play in the university and hopefully not hopefully for them, but they don't go off to professional football or whatever. Ideally, then they go, oh, we'd like to come back and play. Right. And so we have um, uh, Lenny Latu is on our team and he played at Eastern Michigan or Eastern Michigan. And um, he played rugby in high school. And so he's really kind of coming back. So it's like, oh, he's got that base skill that he learned. And now he has to, you know, in effect, not relearn it, but it comes a lot quicker for him. Right. And that's where, you, that's where you'd like to be. The IQ is there at least. That's right. And that's where you'd like to be. The majority of our guys have no idea right. what rugby was. So let's, uh, I mean, that's a great answer, by the way. And I love it. It was very in-depth. And, you know, there's so many good things that you said there that we could talk about that one line of thought for probably another 30 minutes. But we got a lot yes. to cover here. <laughs> I could talk a lot about recruiting because it's massive. Right. It's just that important. And you're 100% correct. And, you know, I love how you said that there are options beyond uh, university and in between university and, you know, playing the NBA for basketball players. But the NFL doesn't have nearly as many options. Correct. So, you know, it points to, to your reasoning is that, you know, the recruiting, if you don't get that right early, then at least you still have that opportunity later if they aren't adopted by an NFL side or a spring league or something like that. But I digress. I move on to the next question here because we're going to refocus on the Colorado EXO crossover program, which a lot of people have been very interested in about. You know, this concept was was born many years ago, but it's now suddenly becoming uh, or a spotlight has been shed upon it. So with that in mind, there is Run, Pass or Kick. There is a documentary featuring the Colorado EXO program running currently on ESPN. However, 
It is only being run in Australia and the New Zealand partners to the ESPN channel. Is there a possibility to see this shown in the United States and Canada? And if not, why not? I'll run with that since I have nothing to do with the documentary. Um, but I will say, I will say that I got a, a funny call from a friend of mine in New Zealand who was napping on his couch, and he and he sprang up in his chair and said, "Oh my God, you're on TV!" <laughs> and um, so he was quite surprised, as was I. But um, as far as I, the information I have, because I'm not part of that part of things. I mean, there's a lot of pieces in what we're doing, and I'm on the the coaching side and the development side. Um, but my understanding is, is it was marketed overseas. I'm not sure why uh, first, but I, you know, what I understand is that um, there's a lot of interest in NFL and guys from the NFL trying to become rugby players, as there would be overseas of rugby players coming to States to, to play football. So I think that's the direction they went. My guess is it'll come to the U.S., but, you know, that's beyond my my knowledge. <laughs> Crossover programming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Seems seems to me we were talking about recruiting. Uh, having it broadcast here in the United States might be a good recruiting tool right. to get more and more players into uh, into the rugby ranks. No, I I absolutely agree. It, it would I hopefully it would uh, spark interest right in what's going on and spark interest because really the the documentaries um, ideally about the lives of the players and, and kind of the things that they're going through. Right. Um, and so that would give people a, a taste of not just the rugby on the field, but, you know, all the things that they go through that, you know, we all go through right. in terms of such a perfect medium to be able to connect the U.S. sporting fans in general with rugby through the medium that they know, which is ESPN, because it's yep. got credibility with it, plus the sports that they enjoy and the athletes that have the story of their journey through it. So it's a wonderful product. And if you as a fan at home have not yet seen any of this, I believe episodes one and two currently are available on the uh, Infinity Park website associated to uh, the Colorado EXO program. You can find all the appropriate links and guiding you to that there. And while it may not be available on ESPN here in the U.S., you still have the ability to see those first episodes should you want to dive into that and see exactly what we're talking about because the production value is second to none. Oh, very good, Ty. Yeah. So, so, so Ty taught us a new thing. Now we all know where to go to find some uh, some of the fe- some of those players featured. It's like I got to do my job or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I want to go back. You know, you mentioned that you, you were a teacher at heart. That's where you got your start, and and that's something close to my heart because I too am a teacher. And I want to go back and 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 dig out this question because it it really really you know emanates from that bit, right? As my experience as a youth high school rugby coach, um, I, I really felt passionate about this next question, run, pass, or kick. Any youth or high school rugby coach can easily point to skills or concepts that present challenges to coaching converted athletes. You know, you get those football players or basketball players that are coming to you for the first time, coming to rugby and giving it a go. So run, pass, or kick, do you encounter similar challenges with older converted athletes? And if so, what are they? What are the common challenges in, in trying to convert them and teach them this new sport? I, I will run with that um, because I'm passionate about what he just talked about. Um, number one, I really don't think there's 
a, a major difference between the young people that you're coaching or that I coached that are new to the sport. Um, the great thing if they're new to the sport is they don't have any bad habits typically. Okay. Now, if they're coming from football, they're certainly depending on That's the sport. I was thinking with that little giggle in between. <laughs> yeah. But depending on where they are, are at school and what they're teaching at school, they may or may come with proper and our concern is tackling yeah. uh, techniques. But those would be the, the, you know, the, the primary thing, the other things, well, that's, I think it's the same, both the youth and these guys coming in because they, they're a blank slate for the most part. Now, that being said, contact is the most critical part uh, is a major part of the game. And it's a critical thing from converting from football to rugby. Now, a lot of people go, Oh, the football tacklers do this. Well, um, Rex Norris, who's, uh, you know, works with us and had worked with out of us. Uh, he certifies every coach in the state of Texas and how to do rugby tackling. Um, and he, you know, in the way we teach our rugby tackling is basically how he teaches the NFL teams and the college teams. Okay. And it's basically the way that we all teach near shoulder, near, near foot, et cetera, keep your head on the side, so forth. For us, from a safety standpoint, that's the biggest thing that we have to, to teach. The next biggest thing is the fact that if they're football, is you don't have that break in between. It's continuous. So we're like, oh, you could have 10 phases in a row, and that's like having 10 you know, plays down the line of scrimmage, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's a, one of the bigger changes. And then I just learned this morning from – uh, one of our players who right now is has been trained with the U.S. national team. Um, he said that his biggest thing was when he got tackled to place the ball properly because he goes, my automatic retention was to hold the ball. And he goes, even when I first did it, I'm holding the ball in the air. And he goes, and you're going, Bullock, put the ball on the you know, ground. But, I mean, I think those are the biggest things. I really think it's, it's very similar. And, in fact, I had a question from a, a European coach about how do you do that? How do you take someone who's never played rugby to play rugby? And I'm thinking like, it's no different than coaching high school guys. When we first started our first high school team in 1986 up in Washington, we didn't have video. We didn't have anything. You know, you had a pirate videos to show things. <laughs> so the, the players didn't know anything. And for us as beginning coaches in rugby, it was, you know, trying to, to teach them things that they couldn't really model. You know, they could go watch a club game, but most of them, that's not what they're going to do. So I think it's exactly the same. And then the difference that I've observed with our guys, absolutely the difference is they adapt to the new skill really quickly. Not necessarily the decision making, because that takes longer, but they adapt to whatever you're doing. So you do it the first time and it's like, looks like a mess. And I would say it looks like a cluster, as you know what I'm talking about. And then you come back later in the training and do the same thing. And, and it's just much, much better. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest changes is that they're just really good athletes. and They pick things up quickly. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the contact areas being a critical point, right? I see that in two ways. I've never thought about it just generally as contact area. But, you know, the tackling piece is getting the mindset of, like you said, you know, hip to hip or, or you know, cheek to cheek or, or, or whatnot. And I found the wrestlers that we brought in were really, really good at that, right? They they picked up that concept right away. The the trouble I always had was the kids that played running back, they always wanted to outrun, like continue to run. Like it was all about getting the next yard rather than 
turning the ball over for the next phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've been conditioned, conditioned that way, as you say, yeah. Well, it, it's an interesting thing because you can use it two ways. Um, one of the things that I like to measure aggressiveness, and I measure it with uh, leg drive. So what kind of leg drive that you have. And so we'll talk about, you know, when you get into contact, we want to maintain leg drive um, so that you can get your support there. And then once you support there, then you can go to the ground. I mean, so and obviously it's like everything it's, it's things that you work on. It's like people who when we started this go, no football player could ever last in a rugby game. And I'm thinking, like, do you actually suppose that we would just throw them into a game and not train for, you know, four five, six weeks? to get them ready to play in a game. And even when, and even for all of us, I always say you're never fit enough to play your first rugby game, no matter how many years you've been playing. There's a fair point. (laughs) You're just not fit enough, right? You got to play the game and that's going to be true for anybody. And, and um, you know, that's just, that's the game, you know, but, but your point about running backs is, is true. Um, The big one is, is that they ultimately have to understand that, you know, possession is what we want. Right. So maintain your leg drive until you've got support and then get the ball to deck if that's how you're going to play the game. Right. There is a great skills overlap, but as you say, it's just redefining how they do the, how they react to these contact areas, what their role is. Um, but of course, preparation and practice and practice and practice, right? Can, uh, yeah. can, and can another, another, as- another aspect of all this too is, is you've got athletes who are coming from wrestling, which you mentioned, Uh, And football, and one of the things we have to be able to do is utilize the terminology that they're familiar with with football and utilize it uh, with us. So football, they talk about leverage and we talk about angles, you know, and so, you know, we have to utilize their terms, which sometimes um, with foreign coaches creates a problem because, you know, they've got it in their head the way that they've learned it. But these athletes, if you just use one particular term, you go – oh, we need you on a pursuit angle instead of a line of running, they go, oh, yeah, got it. You know, and so those are little things that we we generally don't think about. And again, when we're coaching, this is high school thing again, it's like we'll do something and go, whoa, we're a little bit more advanced than we need to be. We need to step back. And we have to be as coaches, be willing to go, well, that's we're too far along. we got to step back, you know, because sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Fair enough. So – Let's jump into the next question and talking or rewinding a little bit to an earlier theme, which was recruitment. So with that in mind, run, pass, or kick here, Mark. Most athletes at almost any level enjoy the challenges of competition. What incentives can we employ to attract these crossover athletes to give rugby a try at an earlier stage in their careers? I'm going to punt that. To Rob. <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping it could be a morsel that I could carry in to my own experiences. And now I have to answer it myself. Um, I, I think for, for me, one of the things I always um, leveraged was, especially for, for kids that played line, defensive and offensive line, linebacker, um, was their ability to, to run with the ball, right? Here's an opportunity to get to run with the ball that you never were given the opportunity uh, when you were on the football field, right? Um, to to go after, you know, to, to be to be aggressive with the ball. Um, and a lot of our, you know, a lot of the kids that I coach who had never done that, like, really found joy in the ability to, to get that ball and run with it and, and deliver 
deliver some contact. So that's one of the things I always leverage with with my athletes is their ability to to run with the ball, something they don't get to do on a normal basis, or even a big guy's case, run at a small guy. <laughs> now, well, you answered it the way I would answer it. So I would, I would, I would totally agree to you. And actually, I was thinking as you were speaking, I was thinking about uh, when I was at Kentwood High School in Washington State, and the kids at Kent Meridian High School are, you know, we're, they had some really good athletes. So I'm trying to recruit them, and they're like, "Oh, I don't play rugby. You know, that's a rough game," and blah blah blah. And I, so I look at them and go. Well, what do you guys do on Sunday? And they're like, well, we play tackle football I'm behind the school. And I go, really? I go, I can teach you how to tackle properly and you can play rugby and do all the things that you're doing on Sunday. You know, because in their mind, you know, that was this rough sport. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're already doing that. And I think that's true across the United States. 100%. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's kind of continue on that theme and pick up on some of the athletes that you have recruited and uh, brought into the XO or crossover program, um, the <clears throat> excuse me, the crossover program invited and selected successful college athletes from a multitude of sports. We've talked about hockey, we've talked about basketball, wrestling, football, uh, soccer. Even I, I think I saw a golfer was even involved too, which is a little unusual crossover, but we'll we'll work with it. Um, run, pass, or kick. Is there a sport that tends to lend itself better to rugby? or to a particular position on the pitch? Um, I'll run with that. And it's a really good question um, because there's a lot of debate out there. So everybody's got an opinion about which is better, you know, and and, um, just my observation, just in general, I'd be looking at um, basketball on ice hockey players, Um, ice hockey in particular, because it's a contact sport. It's a transition from attack to defense it's all about getting a one-on-one because really in rugby, you want a one-on-one, two-on-one is better. Um, hockey's the same thing. If I got a one-on-one, I think I have an advantage. If I have a two-on-one, I have a big advantage. So I think from that standpoint, soccer is also good because of the vision of the field. And a lot of people would say, well, football is the, the one that you is the least likely, other than the fact that we're so involved in contact. Um, because people say, well, in football, everything is so structured, which is true. Things are structured, but also the reality is if you coach football, uh, you know that it's it's structured, but it all depends on you know what the opposition does as you start to do whatever you do. So being an offensive line coach, it's like you step here. If he does this, your options continually change. If you're a quarterback, your options change. So I, I think that, um, you know, for me, those are the, the two sports. Now, on my staff, I have other people, who are, they want wrestlers right off the bat. Okay, because we talked about wrestlers and their ability. One is um, they're good in contact. They understand, you know, if you will, tackle and take down. Uh, One of the big ones is they understand work ethic. They understand fighting through showing what I would call grit to fight through those difficult times. Um, So on our staff, we've got those guys. Now, Luke Gross, on the other hand, basketball player, you know, he's he's excited about basketball players. They're a little more difficult. Um, because you're really, again, you're looking for those really tall, tall players. Um, what we found though, is our biggest draw is in football. And I think it's probably because there's just so many of them out there in, in wrestling. When we're looking at wrestling, like, um, one of our coaches, her job was to contact basically every, uh, graduating heavyweight or light heavyweight wrestler. 
because we want guys that have some mass, right? We don't want the 110 pound guy. So, you know, we're trying to contact all of those people because we think they add to it. And then we'll take anybody track and fields, an interesting one, because they have speed. The challenge with track and field is the individual sport. And in track and field, one of my observations with one of the athletes we had who was in the 218 camp, by the way, and then played with the USA Falcons um, on sevens. He's more sevens player. But one of the things the challenge with him was in track and field, if you're not 100 percent, you don't race. And what he had to learn was in rugby, you don't have to be 100 percent. You can contribute to the team despite that. And so you have, you know, different mental challenges or challenges with each sport that you have to work through. And um, like I said, our biggest recruiting area, it seems to be football. And that's, I think, just because there's more of them out there. And more of really, really good insights. I got a a follow-up question that I wanted to throw at you because, you know, there's two parts to this, the story about growing rugby. It's growing the player pool and, you know, identifying recruitment is a part of that. But I'm curious, where do you think that that the U.S. in general will have the best opportunity to draw new fans from other sports? What sports do you think has the best crossover there? Well, I'll run with that a bit. Um, Yeah. It's a really good question because this is one of those things that the uh, some of the teams in AMLR um, the last couple of years, they've hired really big names. And, and actually, we had Rennie Ranger with us, you know, yes. and he's a pretty big name in the rugby world. But when I'm looking at rugby in general in the United States, to me, we don't want to. It's not the rugby players that we want to grow. It's all the players who all the people who are not in rugby right now. Wow. And they may have heard of it, but they haven't been to a game. They don't know. And for in my view, it's like, how do we again, this comes back to that recruiting. How do we get those athletes that ideally have a big name that have a big following and we get them involved in rugby? Because then if we get, as an example in Colorado, Lindsey Phillips, who's running back for the Broncos for two years, came out of the University of Colorado, came out of South High School, um, you know, all Denver, Colorado, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and, and he didn't get drafted, and, and I could go over all the details on his draft thing, and we know why he didn't get drafted, but he was undrafted free agent, and he met all these certain markers. But he's a guy where we're like, we're following him because if he gets cut, we want to be able to say, hey, we have something for you. We're right. two miles from your home, and you can come here. He's a big name. Now, if he played for us, we would get a lot of publicity Mm-hmm. in his world that would go, hey, I want to see what he's doing now. And those are the guys like Tim Tebow going to play tight end. Man, he should have been coming, you know, to do rugby, right? Because he's a big name and you get the draw. Now, you know, that's where I think we get fans. To answer your question, Ty, is we get high-level American people that are American sports that have a big following because social media is so huge. Right. That we get them involved in what's going on, um, you know. That's kind of that's just our view on it. Yeah, it's like a Nate Ebner, you know, when Nate Ebner yeah. uh, participates in the Rio Olympics and Tom Brady, you know, gives him a big shout out. That does a huge thing to boost rugby's uh, profile exactly. in, in the more Americanized, more uh, you know, American types of sports that that fans follow. Yeah. On a consistent basis. Exactly. Well, we we did. I did a presentation at Clemson, right? Football. 
and uh, with their director of rugby or football. And it's like, you know, if we can get one of their players that's got this big draw, then we're, you know, we're looking at people getting interested about what we're doing. That's that's what our goal is. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a, uh, a break away from the run, pass, or kick interview, folks, uh, to thank one of our sponsors. Uh, and that sponsor would be Tighthead Brewing. Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy a wide variety of brews on tap. And it just so happens that you can go and watch a plethora of rugby this fall. We, of course, have the Rugby World Cup qualifiers coming up here in September. We have the Women's World Cup coming up. We have the Sevens, uh, Premier Sevens. We have uh, HBSC Sevens. Uh, and then, of course, we have the Fall International. So get to Tighthead, folks, because Chicago – when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. So, uh, Mark, we're going to venture in a new or a, a little different uh, aspect of our run, pass, or kick interview, and that's called – Change the rhythm a little bit, have a little bit of fun. <laughs> yep, we have a little bit of fun. You can't uh, run, pass, or kick these, though. you got to answer them. So we're going we're gonna to post some tough ones to you. And you don't have to explain. You don't have to justify. You don't have to worry about any critics. Just go with your gut. All right, so the first one, better rule change, scrum reset or scrum offsides line? Better rule, scrum offside line. Scrum reset, scrum reset. Scrum reset. Okay, good. You like the action. I like it. I like it. All right, more difficult crossover conversion position. Most, Nine or ten? Um, actually, it's a really interesting one. I'm, I would go with ten. Um, in that one of our nines, uh, crossover athlete, I think was going to be a really good one, um, but he ended up getting drafted by the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and has been playing football all spring and had a great, had a solid game yesterday. And so we don't know if we'll get him back. <laughs> well, at least yeah, you know you had a good, pretty good instincts to recruit him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's he, he's, you know, like many things, we think we were thinking that our guys would take twelve months to um, eighteen months to get to a point where you know someone might be interested in them, like MLR teams, and 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 we've had a little quicker success than that. But yeah. you know, in, in his position, it would take that long. But you know, quality. So, but ten is really the challenge. Yeah, 100%. All right, we are in the middle, in the thick of the rugby championship. So who's your predictive winner, the box or the All Blacks? The All Blacks. <laughs> Interview over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Well, we, I'm sure we've read all the articles about the box and the All Blacks and so on and so forth. But you have to, Ty, you have to understand yeah. Um, when I first started coaching in 1986, um, Coach Freeman from New Zealand was my first mentor, and uh, and it's just been New Zealand coaching all ever since. And you've been wrong ever since. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I don't want to digress too much, but I think there was a conversation somebody asked on the MLR fan zone, which Ty runs, about um, 
the the who had the most um rugby world cup winners and oh yeah and, and right so so they're both three and three right as far as world cup champions right but ty says yeah but the springboks did got their three sooner than the all blacks so they're better so he, he always found one less rugby world it. cup and you got there at the same time faster makes you even though it's marginal <laughs> makes you a little better on that record alone i had to find something well related to that the All Blacks won theirs in regulation time. Just saying. Go away, Mark. <laughs> oh, I like Mark more and more every time he says that. Yeah. All, right. All right, here you go. Here's uh, two more. Better code, sevens or fifteens? Better coach, seven or fifteens? Fifteens. Yeah. Fifteens. Fifteens. All right. Um, last one. Better rugby highlight. Big run or big hit? For that's one where I'd say for whom, but I'm um, well, that's a good one. Big hit, big hit, nice. He likes defense, like to hear that. Yeah, I mean, marketing value though, too. You just have like you know, a really great big hits reel shared with like you know, an inexperienced audience to rugby. That's what they they like to see, yeah. just like. You know, I liken it to other parts of the world when they see these football highlights. It's big hits and big plays, yep. you know, but more big hits. Well, the thing with big, again, from a defensive standpoint, since as a defense coordinator, or coach football, um, you know, it's about stopping the opposition, right? And right. so a big hit is usually going to be a dominant hit where you control, like we talk about control and dominance. And so a big hit is really about dominance, right? And so obviously, Oftentimes that jazzes up your defensive group because it's like, oh, you know, I can do that. So, yeah, I like that way. That gives me the window. Talking about dominating, one group that's dominating the industry with CBD plant-based products is Can I Brands. So I'd like to be able to just share a moment. If you don't already know how good this is, Can I Boost is my favorite. It's got a little bit of caffeine low in calories, a great alternative to any other stimulant you may choose that's completely natural, gives you a little boost for that three hours of podcasting we do on a, on a Monday night. Um, by the way, Mark, you're not required to be here for the full three hours. <laughs> so he's like, give me some of that can I boost now. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a wonderful way if you are the type of person who needs a mending product, something to help you heal in a recovery. The Free Jacks are great advocates for using the Can I Brands products uh, for many of their athletes, um, but it's non-habit forming. It's, no, uh, you know, no THC. Uh, it's a great alternative to other products uh, that is easy to be able to use. This one over here is a dropper that you could just use under the tongue. It's as simple as that, Can I Boost. Alternatively, if you prefer, there is the oral spray, um, which is just as easy as a couple of pumps and you're good to go. This one's Can I Fresh. Uh, Rob, you choose to use the, the the Can I Sleep, right? Yeah, the Can I Sleep is key. It gets me to relax and then it, it kind of keeps me in that REM sleep for all throughout the whole night uh, until the old man piss has to take effect. You know what I'm saying? Right, well, I was going to say, it never happens for me with a <laughs> nine-month-old baby that I get to sleep through the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you get to be 50, you start taking that old man pee in the middle of the night. Really <laughs> <laughs> and maybe can I men can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So again, guys, uh, if you don't already know, Can I Brands is one of the successful partners with us here on the Rugby Rants. We would love to be able to share the good news with you uh, that we have arranged with their help a promo that allows you to take 25% off any of their products within their online store by visiting canibrands.com using the code RANT25. That'll entitle you to 25% off everything in your basket. So go ahead, choose a few that you want to try, uh, put as much as you can in that basket at one time because it's 25% of all of it. And when you reach over $49 in one purchase, your shipping also will be included absolutely free to anywhere that they ship inside the US. Uh, so again, that's promo code RANT25 for that 25% off at canibrands.com. Now, Mark, we turn our attention to you one more time. It's as if you're a guest or something, and I like center of attention. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. So run, pass, or kick. You know how it works now. The crossover XO team took the pitch last fall against several men's sides and a few MLR academies. What were some of the successes to come out of those matches and what things were learned by the boys on the team? Well, I'll run with that. Sure. Um, and I would say the the, fir the first success was our very first match uh, at the Guillotini's uh, training site. And it was just them playing an entire game uh, and getting exposed to the things that, you know, we, we take for granted because we've all played. But um, the fact that the game was fast, things happened quickly, you had to get up. Um, we certainly learned a lot about laws because we, um, you know, gave up over 20, you know, penalties in the game. Uh, and, and a lot of that is you're, you're only going to learn by the experience. So I think the biggest thing about all of the games we had is, is the experience that the players had because – no matter what we do as coaches, you can't prepare them for all the various things that are going to happen in, in the course of a match. And sometimes, um, and, and, and this would have been my first coaching experience um, in rugby, is uh, Coach Rafts and I forgot to teach our players how to score a try, you know, because we're so busy passing and catching, doing all those things. We just assumed players would know that. But in 1986, we didn't have video. They couldn't watch games, so they didn't know. So the first time a kid runs in to score a try, he didn't know his, to put the ball down. So everybody's screaming out, put the ball down, right? That's something that, um, you know, we obviously talked about with our team. <laughs> but they have seen, It's such a simple thing, but yet so easily overlooked, right? <laughs> it, it, it can be because you don't know, right? And so yeah. there, there are those things. I think it was probably the best thing. The other is what we learned about our players is um, – is crossover athletes, they don't – I don't want to say they don't give up, but it's like we got behind in numerous games and they just keep playing. I think they understand the highs and lows. You know, it is an 80-minute game, and particularly when you're dealing with high school kids, it's like you have to explain to them that there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, and the game's 80 minutes long. Um, and so these players just kept fighting the whole time, and that brought us back into – you know, what I'd consider really fine finishes. We had some really tight finishes. And I think those were kind of the, some of the lessons we learned from them is their athleticism, things that they could do. Part of that is our learning that, you know, we already said this is we want to keep it simple um, and give them the opportunity to use their athleticism. And so 
you know, I think we, we did the best we could at that. We're going to try to improve on that this year. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, just experience, that's the biggest thing we got out of it. Right. You know, as you talk about some of the successes, you got to take into consideration in this next question, uh, some of the hallmarks of success that the program has experienced. So, um, you know, as the first season for the crossover program came to a close, many of the MLR sides began picking up some of the crossover players. Of course, that's got to be hallmarked of success. In fact, six players were signed to, uh, in total to MLR contracts. While this is a great success, some fans have suggested that the crossover program is at risk becoming a feeder program to the MLR. What are your thoughts on this subject, run, pass, or kick? Uh, I'll run with that. And um, I'm going to kind of go back to Ty, too, is one of the other key things that we had. This is one of the great lessons for our players is they learned about the culture of rugby. Mm-hmm. And they learned about rugby, um, the, the friendship, like after the first game, and they're interacting with the other players and the other players uh, are saying, oh, well, this is what we do and this is how we do it. Uh, I think those were huge lessons. Um, the fact that there was this, you know, opportunity to interact with the other team as opposed to their normal thing. They get in their locker room, they get on their bus, they leave. Right. And so the, that cultural part of it, plus that's part of what we emphasize as our culture and try to develop cohesion. So that, that leads into somewhat the question about um, success, the measure of success. Now, I'm not sure that for us, the measure of success is the players going on. Our measure of success is that, you know, we've improved and grown and they're getting better. And our thought process is if we can keep those players together for, say, two years, um, say, two half seasons or three half seasons, then they have an opportunity to really develop and gel as a unit and be able to show themselves. Um, Now, players got um, picked up by MLR a lot quicker than we thought. Um, And and to be fair, we were quite surprised. We knew they were athletic and um, we, you know, we're trying to give them basic skills. And so the fact that they got picked up was great. Now, the question about whether we're a feeder for the uh, MLR, our goal is not to be a feeder for the MLR. Our goal is to be a development tool for the U.S. national team. So our goal is to develop, A, recruit top-level athletes, and then develop them to a point where they then could be picked up. Now, it may be MLR team. Who knows? It could be a team over in Europe going, wow, this guy's a really athlete and we want him. But our real ultimate goal is development so that uh, Gary Gold can can look at athletes and go, you know what? We'd like to bring this guy in, which they have done. And so that's ultimately what our goal is. Now, them being picked up by MLR assists MLR teams because – they were in need of players with the USA team playing. Um, and it assists us because it gives players new experience. They get to be exposed to players um, like Matt Gitto. Um, by the way, I coach his brother, Justin. Um, but they get an opportunity to play with players of that caliber and to learn from new coaches. And I think that's really valuable. One of the things we told our players is when you go, you want to gain as much knowledge as you can and there's a lot of different ways to play rugby, and you need to pick up as much as you can for that. So from our standpoint, it's just a continuation of our development process. Right. It's kind of a weird answer maybe, but yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I see a lot of value in what you say. And, you know, for a lot of people who don't already know, you, you spoke about kind of the, uh, some players being adopted by the U.S. national team. 
a recent example of that is at Rugby Town Sevens, where some of the crossover athletes who might have been representing the XOs on any other day, especially in, in a 15s format, but in the seven star, were actually representing the uh, U23s USA national side. So, you know, you have this, 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 um, you know, this upward trajectory of many of these players and getting that experience at higher levels with a, a more accomplished athletes by their side, which lifts them as a result, you know, to, uh, to borrow a phrase from Scott in the background is iron sharpens iron. So you play tougher competition, you get better and you play with better players by your side. You learn a lot more too. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I have the opportunity. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. I didn't oh, and along those lines, like on the U23s, David Still and Sean Clark were playing right. with them. And then, They've been training with the U.S. national team. They were brought into their camp, and two of our other players were invited in, um, but they didn't have their uh, vaccine, so they couldn't train with them. You know, oh, I didn't so, realize that was the, the, the issue, but I thought it was like four that were listed. Yep, there, were, there were four, and, and those other fellows are probably kicking themselves. Um, right. But, you know, the fact that they were recognized as, as somebody that they just like to look at, I think, is a step in that right direction. And your mm -hmm. point is sometimes – you come in and you you find that, oh, they're interested in me. And then that is a stimulus to continue to going. Mike yeah. Yeah, Mike Petri was one of my players uh, back some time ago. And he told me that my inviting him into the U.S. under-19 camp was a stimulus for him to go, gee, I can do this, right? right. Yeah. And, that, and that happens with a lot of young athletes. It's like, well, I can play at this level. You know, mm -hmm. I have to do A, B, and C, but – you know, they get the belief. Sure, it's a vote of confidence. They That's get the right. energy inside them. And, you know, for guys that most recently only adopted a new sport to be recognized at that level. And it's amazing. And as you yeah. say, it's, it's renewed energy to continue along that pathway. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of, it. it's like, and then that's a model for other guys going, well, I want to go there. Right. And so it's like, well, how do I get there? And, and, you know, as we know, you have to have talent and a lot of work and, and develop your skills mm -hmm. and in rugby, your decision-making. Yeah. Mark, we spent a lot of time and deservedly talking about the EXO program, but more recently it's been revealed that there is somewhat of a rebrand going on at Glendale with the reveal of the American Raptors. Now, of course, this is very closely linked to the previous uh, professional side of the Colorado Raptors. And even before that, the Glendale Raptors, so can you walk us through, run past a kick, the philosophy behind the rebrand and why the American Raptors? I pass. Okay. <laughs> and that's, well, that's why we have that opportunity there, right? But he does it with a smile. <laughs> that's, that's perfectly I, okay. I, I can tell you that I pass because the, quote, rebranding is to occur on September 1st. Okay. So I'm like 12 hours early. For you Now I'm going to be on pins and needles for the next 12 hours. So, but if you're watching tomorrow, Mark will answer this question. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. We just have uh, another question uh, left. And then, you know, reminder, I think Ty mentioned it, you know, any shout outs or charity, something near and dear yep. to your heart, we'll give you an opportunity to, to plug that there at the end. But uh, I want to uh, finish with this question again. Um, it, you know, it speaks to the purpose and, and philosophy behind um, the program. So the XO crossover program uh, has played and will continue to play many MLR Academy sides. Run, pass, or kick. Could we see the return of a Glendale-based side to the MLR 
or perhaps another professional league elsewhere? Oh, that's a good question. I, I'll, I'll run with that. Um, I don't anticipate that um, Glendale would be, um, you know, return to the MLR, um, but that's not a decision that in my capacity we would make. We would make any recommendations, but we ultimately wouldn't make that. Um, any other professional league, we'd certainly be looking at um, any options that might be out there. Our biggest challenge is, um, you know, developing our players. And, and we have to, and, and Ty mentioned it earlier, you've got to play top competition if you're going to improve. And, you know, if, you, if you're a tennis player and you play against a better tennis player, it usually raises your game, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we want to raise the game of our players and we have to be challenged. The, the, the outcome, the result is not as important for us as raising the level of our players and incru- improving their ability because our ultimate goal is their development and to be recognized and hopefully selected into the USA pool. So that's our ultimate. Now, the question becomes – who do we compete if we, you know, go in the direction that we hope to go? Who do we compete? And what does that look like? We don't know because everything just keeps changing. Part of that's COVID, but part of that's us. Because, again, earlier in the, in the broadcast, I said, we don't know what we don't know. And that's exactly where we are. We're just we're building this as we go. It's an experiment. I'm a science guy. It's an experiment. We had a hypothesis of what might happen, and now we're trying to, fill in the the pieces to that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, And it has been an interesting journey thus far with a lot of great initial successes. I'm sure that myself, Rob and Scott, who's in the background producing the show, all agree that there was a lot of criticism up front about the idea, about the concept, but many of those doubters have now fallen by the wayside as professional contracts have been given to these you know, relatively new players uh, to a sport that they've only recently adopted. And plus, with all the bright future ahead, recruitment to come, it's only going to grow from strength to strength as time goes by. And uh, we'll be waiting in much anticipation for the reveal tomorrow of what new plans will be. Um, but yeah, it's been wonderful to be able to uh, hear a little bit of a deeper insight in its journey to where it is today from somebody so close to the action like yourself, Mark. So thank you for joining us here on the Rugby Rant. And as you know, it is somewhat of a tradition that all of our guests are given the floor to be able to share a special message, send a shout out to friends or family, or maybe you just want to draw attention to a special cause. Your opportunity is now. Well, I will. One one point that you made, and, and, and this is one of the key things you're talking about, you know, some negativity that's out there. And and the reality is any uh, new idea is going to have negativity because people are going to, they're doubters right. out there. They're going to doubt you. Um, this fella, his name was Henry Ford. There are doubters out there of what he was going to do. And it's across the world, right? And sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not. And when we're not, we just retool and then try a different path. And that's that's where we are. That's my philosophy in terms of what we're doing. Uh, who, I would, who I would like to shout out to is um, – uh, back in the day, I used to be the um, uh, athletic director, if you will, or the director for um, Special Olympics in uh, three-county area in Northern California in the mountains. And um, the athletic programs of Special Olympics, I think, are uh, really an outstanding opportunity to, to provide opportunities for athletes, which is we're providing opportunities at another level 
but that's another level where um, I think it's really valuable that people support Special Olympics and the things they do. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's wonderful to be able to see somebody like yourself so connected not to sports in general. I mean, your background is all over the place. You truly have been a servant to rugby and, of course, uh, rugby in Glendale. And, you know, as uh, the season moves ahead, what can fans look forward to in the upcoming weeks and months uh, out of Glendale? Anything you can share as a little nugget of, uh, of information? I'll run with that. Yeah. Um, yes, we we are um, finishing out our schedule uh, for September and October. And so we will have a full schedule during those months. Uh, starting September 11th, we play SoCal Griffins uh, in Glendale prior to the USA Canada game. Uh, and then we'll proceed throughout September and October playing. We'll take off the October 30 weekend to uh, attend the events in Las Vegas uh, with the USA Ireland game. Uh, and the Hall of Fame dinner that's down there. And then in November, we're working through um, uh, a short tour to play in Uruguay. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. cool. Um, yeah, and I love the fact that, you know, the 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 uh, EXOs are going to be seen as kind of like a curtain raiser opportunity as some of those more high-profile matches that will introduce, um, you know, a whole new set of fans to to what you guys are doing down there. And what better way to be able to do it and alongside one of the highest levels of the game here in the U.S., right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have an opportunity to criticize how our players go, an opportunity to... Uh, compliment them how they go. So right, and that's it's brilliant. I I love the, the 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 culture that's growing down there. You guys are doing a great job. Continue doing what you're doing. The successes have already been obvious, and there will be more to come. From myself here on the rugby rant, alongside. Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt and Scott Ferrara. We want to also be able to thank our sponsors one more time for helping us do what we do week after week for you as the rugby fans. And that, of course, is canibrands.com. Don't forget to check them out online. And anything that you purchase on their online store, use that code RENT25 for that additional 25% saving. RENT25. And, of course, if you're in Chicago, no better place to be able to grab a beer and enjoy some company with fellow ruggers and Mundelein, Illinois with Tight Head Brewing. Uh, and make sure that you catch our content online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. That'll be on Facebook as one of our homes. And then in addition to that, you can see our episodes, the Rugby Debate episodes, every Friday on the Rugby Network, where we will take on a new topic and put our guests to the test in the Rugby Debate that you know and love from the team here at the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Brogger. Thank you for watching, and we will see you at the next. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.